And I think last year, around this time, I spoke about Taifunga, one of the early convert, converts who described himself as a fool for Christ and how our, our identity is formed in Christ and not of the things of this world. Well, this morning I'd like to uh, talk about another friend of mine uh, who I've, I've got to know through my study, and that is uh, Karatiana Tarangi, or Christian Rangi, uh, as the missionaries called him. And uh, <clears throat> when the mission began in 1814, it wasn't until about 10 years later that they had their first convert who they baptised, and that was uh, Tarangi, who they baptised Kratiana, or Christian, Christian Rangi. So it was 1814 to 1825. It was another four years before the second adult uh, was baptised. But from 1830 onwards, over a period of 20 years, some 70,000 Māori converted to Christianity. And that represents, depending on how you estimate it, somewhere over 90% of the Māori population of the time. It's one of the most remarkable features of 19th century New Zealand history. Now, the missionaries never knew any of that. When Christian Rangi was baptised, though, they described him as a brand plucked from the burning. And they were absolutely delighted Although Christian Rangi himself was suffering from tuberculosis and that had left him uh, lame, he wasn't able to walk and just before his baptism he had developed the last stages of tuberculosis which they called in those days consumption and he was baptised and died the next day. But there's wonderful things that we can learn from his life and many of the Māori who witnessed his baptism and death uh, also learnt those lessons, particularly the lessons about prayer, the importance of prayer and the importance of persisting in prayer. Well, prayer is central to the ministry of Jesus. That might seem obvious, but I think it's worth stating. Prayer was central to the ministry and teaching of Jesus. So much so, we see here in Luke 11 that the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. They wanted to be able to pray. John the Baptist taught his disciples. They saw Jesus praying, praying in this particular way of addressing God as Father, and they wanted to learn to pray like him. We see there in Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 to 4, how to pray, uh, and, and particularly this structure we now call the Lord's Prayer. But then in verse 5 to 8, the need to persist in prayer, that parable of uh, the man coming at night to his neighbour asking for uh, bread for a traveller who has come. <clears throat> it's not friendship that was going to make him uh, get up and get bread for him, but just his persistence. Likewise, Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The need, the importance of prayer and the importance of persisting in prayer. This is something that Jesus taught. And it was prayer that led 
Christian Rangi to profess his faith in Christ. Uh, Christian, as his experience of answered prayer, particularly the, his prayer for a new heart within. It was that prayer, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, that led Christian Rangi to profess publicly his faith in Christ. We see at the end of chapter 11 here, actually, Fred, you didn't read it, the, the actual key verse, the, where Jesus is about to hit the nail and drive it right into the, well, I don't actually hit nails, but Jesus would have hit it right into the wood. The crux verse there, if you've got your Bible, it's open, you've got to turn to it. It is the most amazing verse in the whole of Scripture. And you managed to miss it out, Fred. <laughs> and it's... Um, it's, it's verse 13. A wonderful promise. When you think about prayer and what does God promise to answer, here is the one who came from the Father, who addressed God as his Father, invites us into a relationship with the Father, who promises that God hears our prayer when we persist and gives us. What does he give us? What is the promise that Jesus gives us in prayer? Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Christian Rangi prayed that God would give him a new heart, new desires, that he would know the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And so he began to pray and to persist in praying. And it's his experience of answered prayer that led to his conversion. Well, uh, Christian Rangi lived in a, a village at Waitangi. And uh, the missionaries were a few kilometres along the beach at Paihia, if you've been up that way, you'll sort of know the geography. And on Sundays, particularly, Henry Williams, and they would go out in pair, Henry Williams and a number of other missionaries would go out in pairs to different villages. And Henry Williams would go up to Waitangi, uh, where Christian Wangi was, and engage Māori there in conversation. This is how he records some of his conversations that he had with Māori there. And he started with the Sabbath, actually. He would introduce the gospel to, to Maori through the idea of the Sabbath. He would say, um, <clears throat> this is the Sabbath. Did you know it? And Maori were aware of a, that the missionaries kept a Sabbath, but they're not necessarily keeping the track of the days. They go, no, we, we did not know. Henry Williams would say, do you know the reason why the, the white people keep a Sabbath? No, we've never been told. And that gave uh, Henry Williams the opportunity to say, the great Atua, the Atua who has created the heavens and the earth and all peoples, has uh, made all things and made us, and on the seventh day he declared it holy and rested. It gave uh, Henry Williams a chance to discuss with Murray, are there one God or many gods? To discuss with Murray, what is the nature of sacred or tapu? 
What is the cause of sickness? Was it the breach of tapu? Or was it actually the sin of the ancestral parents when Adam and Eve in the garden when they ate from the tapu tree? It also gave Henry Williams the chance to introduce heaven and hell. That those who break God's commandments will be subject to his uh, wrath and his judgment unless they come in faith to Christ and be welcomed into the heavenly country. That's how Henry Williams described it. Well, Christian uh, Rungi, he was fascinated by this. He, he, he stood out from other Maori chiefs in that area that on a, on a Sunday when it came round, not only did he calculate the day, but he'd also raise a red flag above his kainga, his, his settlement, and had his extended whanau gather round, maybe up to 70 people would gather round, and he would, in a circle, ready for Henry Williams to come and to discuss these things. Uh, very quickly, uh, Christian Rungi announced a, an experiment. It was September, it was kumara planting time, and usually kumara is planted with all kinds of uh, karakia, or prayers, incantations, to ensure the success of the crop. If, you d if, the, crop didn't, if the crop failed, you didn't eat. Christian Rang had a great idea for an experiment. He decided to plant some kumara with the karakia, with the tapu, and some other uh, kumara without. And he said, if they grow well, he will, uh, well, Henry Williams reported, if they grow well, he will believe the white people have the truth. That's a good experiment to do. And you can do this with your friends when they say, I'm not sure about this, God. It's that classic prayer, isn't it? God, um, if you're there and I don't believe you are, make yourself known to me. That's a sh audacious, shamelessly audacious prayer, isn't it? Uh, that's a, an experimental way to engage with God. Well, we don't know the outcome of his experiment, except that two weeks later, he, th he set aside the tapu. He threw off the tapu. Now, for a chief... Uh, they preserved their mana and their uh, status by observing all the ritual obligations that come with his chieftainship. So for him to throw that off would expose him to all kinds of spiritual danger. This is particularly so since he was, had tuberculosis, which would, the symptoms would come and go and eventually would, event, uh, would turn into consumption. But one thing fascinated uh, Christian Rungi, this idea of a heavenly country. And he said to Henry Williams one day, I'd like to visit that country sometime before I die. Now, Henry Williams knew what Tarangi was thinking because Māori had a, a rich dream world and particularly... Uh, dreams of visiting the uh, Taranga, which we could, you know, we've got Cape Taranga, Taranga, I have to get my, my Pākehā tongue around it. Um, but in a dream, to travel there to the Rianga, the place of the ancestors who had died, and to visit there and to meet them, and then to come back and then tell people 
about the dream they had. So Henry Williams knew exactly what Christian Rangi was asking. He was wanting to visit that place, the heavenly country, to meet Jesus in a dream. Now Henry Williams, I think quite rightly, was, a, was wary of the way that Māori were wanting to engage with Christianity through dreams and other things. Uh, because for Henry Williams, and I think for us, it's through God's word revealed. Uh, we see this in John 1, don't we? That the word was made known and became flesh and dwelt among us. It's there that we find the assurance of our faith. And so Henry Williams you know, he said, look, uh, when, have you sometimes dreamt that you're flying? And did you actually fly in reality? No. Well, that's exactly what people, they haven't actually gone to the ancestors and visited them. But if you want to know for sure about your welcome into this heavenly country, you need to pray. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. God will grant you a new heart, new desires, the dwell indwelling presence of his Holy Spirit. That's where Henry Williams is urging uh, Christian Rangi to find the assurance of his faith. Actually, that's good advice. That's where, the, that's the foundation of our faith, isn't it? It's not that we might not have dreams and those other things, but that's not the basis the assurance of our faith. The assurance of our faith comes when we know that the power of God's word, the presence of his Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. The, um, <clears throat> it was Christian Rangi's experience of answered prayer that led to his profession of faith in Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that can be given to any person. When you think of the things that you might like to pray for, what's the most audacious prayer you could pray? It's to be, to have the indwelling presence of the eternal God with us. It's the most powerful prayer you can pray. And those of, of you who have faith in Christ, who are most of you here, I'm sure, uh, it's a prayer you know that God is answering in all kinds of ways in your life. If it's not a prayer you've been praying, why not, you, why not come as Christian Rangi did and pray that prayer? Christianity is not a club or an interest group. It's a transformed way of living. New desires, a new heart within, leading us to eternal life. You see, the... Um, the problem of our human heart is that it's very hard for us to choose the good when our heart doesn't desire it. This is something that Maori knew very well. They, Christianity was not an appealing way of life to them. However good this heavenly country might seem, their hearts did not desire it. They knew that. The missionary said, but what if God gave you a new heart, new desires? Uh, when I was growing up, unlike now, I didn't like asparagus. I don't know if anyone... I, don't, it's like the, I didn't like the look of it. It didn't look like food. Um, and it had a strong taste. I don't know if anyone else like... I don't know. I love asparagus now. Uh, but the difficulty was, even if I knew it was good for me with, in my head, had, I just didn't 
I had no desire for it. So why would I be eating it? But when you love asparagus, as I do now, when it comes in season, you think, all good, asparagus. You know, it becomes, the things of God, you see, become so much easier to live the way that God will want us to because it's fulfilling the desire of our hearts. Where do those desires come from? They come from a new heart. As we pray for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, and we persist in that, we notice that emerges within our lives new desires. We like coming to church. We like praying. We like singing together. We even like listening to sermons. And you think, I don't know, some of you can probably still remember the time when you thought, church, that is boring. Yeah. If you don't have a new heart, it's boring. But when you, have, when you know that through our worship that we are able to enter into the presence of God and the indwelling presence of his Holy Spirit, we know it's the most powerful experience in the world. Well, let me uh, move on. It was Christian Rangi's experience of answered prayer for a new heart. He described his heart as being full of light and a love for God. You know, when I, um, when I was uh, doing street evangelism or talking to people, we were looking to lead people through to a decision and then say a prayer. I've kind of learned from Christian, uh, Christian Rangi, that's not necessarily the order, you know, like, you know, talk to people, convince them first, and then get them to the decision, then to pray. Actually, why not put prayer first? Our engagement with our non-Christian friends can actually be, and I think perhaps should be, through prayer. Pray for them, ask them uh, to start praying themselves. And how about this shamelessly audacious prayer that God would give them a new heart. Um, they, if they begin to pray that prayer themselves, then your discussion about the Christian faith takes on a whole different colouring. Well, the importance of prayer uh, and the importance of persisting in prayer. Do you know that God is gracious? He's good. Um, Christian Rang had that experience of the indwelling presence of his, of his spirit in, uh, in answer to the, um, his prayer. But two weeks after his public profession of faith, he also had a dream of going to heaven and meeting Jesus. He very excitedly wrote to the missionaries, or sent a message to them to come and visit him. And um, Richard Davis came the next day, and this is how Richard Davis describes uh, hearing from Christian Rangi about his dream. He told me that he'd had a dream in which he had thought he was in heaven with Jesus Christ. He also told me that the spirit of the great God spoke very much to his heart. The countenance of this poor savage spoke the inward peace of his mind and set the seal of truth on all he said. He said that he had had wished very much for me to come to him as he had great love. Oh, the dear uniting love of the adorable Saviour. Oh, what a precious season was this to my soul. I left him with a sweet 
smile set her on his tattooed face. My feelings were very much, my feelings were very, were such as I shall not attempt to describe. See, the dream was not the reason for his conversion, but God was gracious enough to confirm for Christian Rangi his welcome into the Christian heaven. It also had a powerful impact on um, Maori uh, who knew him, particularly his family. After Christian Rangi's baptism and death, the, the missionaries found that his brothers, his two brothers, wished also to go to the same place. So Henry Williams said, well, you'll need a new heart to do that. Well, well, we'll get a new heart. Well, you need to pray. Well, teach us the prayer. And so they would teach them a prayer to pray. They came back the next week and uh, they said, we must have got that prayer wrong. We must, we've forgotten that prayer. You have to teach us that prayer again because we prayed a prayer, but it didn't work. Uh, and so they would relearn the prayer and they'd come back the next week and the next week. But the frustration level was building up because their prayer was not being answered. And uh, this is actually emphasized the importance of persisting in prayer. You see, Māori, I think, I think it's fair to say that traditional Māori society had a, what I would call a functional view of karakia. It was rather than a relational view of karakia. A functional view of prayer rather than a relational view of prayer. That, it, that prayer, or karakia, was a magical incantation not a personal relationship of trust and faith. So traditionally, you know, for a karakia to be successful, it needs to have the right words said by the right person at the right place. And actually, we, I know from pastoring people, they have that same view. They think that if they only get the right words and the right person says them and at the right time, that somehow they'll have this experience of God's indwelling presence in their lives. But that's not Christian prayer. It's a very functional sort of uh, ATM prayer, you know, push the... Does anyone still get cash out of ATMs now? But uh, you may know what I'm meaning. Christian uh, prayer is about perseverance. Now, that's a relational word, isn't it? You persevere with a person. It's about trust. It's about expectancy that uh, a person is going to fulfill your request, that God is listening to our prayer and wants to answer it. There's a tension here, isn't there, between God's willingness to give good things to his children and our need to build a relationship of trust and, uh, and faith through persisting in prayer. And uh, I was just noting the words of the song we sang God is working in our waiting. Did you notice that line? God is working in our waiting, uh, teaching us to trust. I thought that's very much that tension. Uh, there's a design for it. It's not simply about getting or manipulating God. See, there's two, there's two kind of dangers with prayer, isn't there? We can treat it like a technique, that somehow we're manipulating our world through our prayers. You know, words have power and we announce and we declare things to be so. Uh, and sure, we have some idea that some God up there will 
back us up. Or we can forget about God and just keep it as a sort of a self-help thing. You know, if we speak enough good words to ourselves, you know, our self-esteem will be built up. And so prayer becomes a sort of a, a way of meditating and encouraging ourselves. That's a functional view of prayer. Another way, an opposite danger, is what I would call fatalism, where if God has ordered everything and he knows all things, why bother praying? Well, Christian prayer is neither of those two things because God does order all things. But part of his ordering is that he delights to order all three things through the prayers of his people and through his children who come to him in love and trust. Well, the importance of prayer. Who converted Christian Rangi? Not the missionaries. They were midwives. As evangelists, we are midwives, are we not? It's God who converts through transforming their hearts in response to their prayer. Christian Rangi was converted in a way that didn't depend on the missionaries. This is an encouragement to us to pray ourselves, to persist in our prayers about the Holy, Holy Spirit, sure. But I think all matters of our, all concerns of our lives, the Scriptures encourages us to make them known to God because he delights in his children asking and he delights to answer our prayers according to his good purposes. The importance of prayer, the importance of persisting in prayer, it's an expression of our relationship with God. It leads us, prayer is still the most powerful force in the universe. It leads us into the very presence of God and into the indwelling presence of his Holy Spirit. Well, let me finish there and, uh, by praying. Lord, we know that, it, that our prayers are weak and powerless. Our words fall to the ground. Our words are silenced by the noise of this world. But we just, we just are so thankful that you are a God who hears, that you turn your ear to your people and to your children. You hear the cry of our hearts even today. And Lord, we are so thankful that uh, in your great love for us, you sent your Son that we might know your word. And Lord, we also thank you that we don't know how to pray as we ought, but your Holy Spirit begins to pray within us, searching our hearts, transforming us. Lord, I pray we would, that your Son would teach us to pray, that we might know your indwelling presence in our lives and know that your good purposes are being worked out through all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.